One of the great achievements of modern science is the periodic table of elements, which currently organizes the 118 known elements in the universe by how many protons they possess. From hydrogen that has one proton to Oganesson, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, which was actually made in a laboratory in Russia for the first time in 2002 and actually possesses 118 protons. The power of the table of elements, in case you have uh, PTSD from, from high school chemistry like me, is that it holds true whether you're in your backyard or on Neptune. It, it is a description of how matter works and combines. And it's, it's just awesome to, to think about the power of uh, the organizational power of such, a, of such a simple table. In the ancient medieval world, however, it was thought that everything could be broken down into the four fundamental elements, which they knew to be earth, water, air, and fire. While our chemical table of elements has gotten a tad more complex, we could draw a parallel to our modern conception of the four states of matter, solids, liquids, gases, and energy, right? Earth, water, air, and fire. In the Kabbalistic literature, interestingly, just for just a different spin on, on this concept or a different way to see how these are, are truly fundamental, not just physically, but even, even people's personalities, you, you find the idea that personalities are comprised of different combinations of these four elements in their kind of like energetic form. Some people are more airy and in the clouds. Some people are more earthy and grounded. Some are more fiery and passionate, and some are more watery and go with the flow. We all have all of them, but in different proportions. Anyways, the Rambam teaches us that if we open our mind's eye to see the elegant hidden structure of the universe, we will naturally come to feel love for the creator of the universe, right? This is what we saw in a few episodes ago. The universe is unified through this wisdom that runs through it. It's mind-blowing to look around and not just see a bunch of stuff but rather to perceive how everything is interconnected by this hidden logic. The Rambam goes on to describe the most rare and precious thing in the universe, what's called the nefesh, the soul of all living creatures. The soul is that part of a living being that can't be broken down into physical components. Almost anyone who has a pet, and I've never had a pet, but almost anyone who has a pet, I'm sure will agree that a dog is not just a fur ball that runs around and ruins your furniture. There's an essence behind the fur and teeth that is independent of all the cells, molecules, atoms, protons, and quarks that are there. It defies definition except for the fact that you know it can't be defined or decomposed into physical chemical components. You know it's there, but you know science can't grasp it. On top of this is the soul of a human being who has activated their consciousness, as, as the Rambam describes it, and is living at a level of moral and spiritual awareness and decision-making that reflects that awareness that is higher than their dogs. I just came back from Poland, and for me, there's nothing like the stories of human beings who seem to be violating the rules of, of, of biology and psychology and survival of the fittest to do the right thing. This, these stories really helped me grasp the idea of the soul. Whether they were righteous Gentiles who risked their lives to save their Jewish neighbors or even Jewish strangers, or Jews themselves who shared their blankets and their bread, or risked their lives to save the lives of, of others. What is that? What is that indescribable and 
undeconstructible essence that the Rambam is referring to as the Tzalem Elohim, the image of God that is latent in every human being. What is that thing that we call the soul?